Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time. Hi guys, welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. I'm so excited to be here with you today. We have George Mason University family in the house. This is quite literally a conversation that has been 20 years in the making, long before I ever thought I would be a podcaster or even podcasting was a thing. Uh, so I'm super excited to welcome the Haas to Breezy to Turmeric and Tequila. Haas, how are you? Great. How are you doing? Thank you for having me on the show. I'm so excited. Now, this guy's a pro TED Talker. I'm going to give his quick bio just because he's such a varsity human. He's a motivational speaker, financial advisor, sports coach to several teams, let it be known, a mentor helping thousands unlock their full potential. He believes that everyone has greatness within as a motivational speaker, financial advisor, and athletic coach. He says he has dedicated his life to helping people unlock their full potential, whether you're looking to achieve your career goals, improve your personal relationships, or simply find more happiness in your life. I'm here to help. Let's work together to unlock greatness thank you for that (laughs) (laughs) you're welcome um this is so funny because of all those credentials that i think are so important and obviously got to display the ethos i think the new conversation since we spoke at george mason is really this conversation around happiness and the importance of it and you've seen this whole lane of coaching and you know advising and courses and all these things come out around happiness and this wasn't really a conversation when i was in college or, I mean, I don't know if this was conversations you were having back then, but I like, of all the credentials there, now we are in a space where happiness and how we get to that space of happiness is actually a thing. Um, so I want to talk about that. But before we get in, you know, on Tumor Katila, let's get into the young version of Haas so we can kind of see how this path brought you to where you are. I'm going to add one more layer to that. So before I got on the podcast, there the day's been hectic. And to have the happiness, to have the balance in my life, do you want to know what I was doing before I got on? I had 15 minutes. Do you know what I did? I'd love Something to know. you love to do it. You love to do it all the time. Work out? Work out. I had to work out. I had to pump some iron. Just yeah. If I'm going to, if I'm going to take care of myself, what I say uh, in, in some of my speeches is if, if you hold up your phone and it's at 0%, it, it's a paperweight. It's nothing. So yeah. don't be a 5 foot 10 paperweight. You have to take care of yourself <laughs> and work out and, and, and get the turmeric in there and for those that want tequila, you got to get that in there too. There you go. I, I love that analogy. That's really funny. I think also when you get to zero and your battery starts dying all the time, well, one, I think Apple controls us and they want you to buy a new phone, whole other podcast. <laughs> but number two, I think it is universe saying like, get off the phone. The day is done with that situation. Paperweight it is. Right, right. But just so wait, what did you, you do? What did you, you do for a workout? Oh, oh gosh. Okay. So <laughs> I, I needed with the limited time, I had to do some mobility exercises. I'm always, I'm an iron man, a tin man, whatever you want to call me. And then some deadlifts, just, just deadlifts are perfect for every sport. So absolutely. It gets that base layer. It gets the, the glutes and the hams and all the things you need to do everything else going. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, wow. seeing you lifting weights, just, just it's like, if I'm on the couch, I have to get up, I have to motivate, it motivates me to get up and, and, and be a, be a super athlete. So thanks for well, the that- motivation. Yes, that makes me happy. I need to start filming more of my mobility and rolling out before taking Advil in addition to turmeric. Because some days I'm glad it, you know, we're doing a lot, but I'm sure <laughs> like your body, my body needs um, some extra warm up nowadays. It's been a long road of 
athletics and training and competing, but we're out here, we're getting it done. So before we go to whatever's on your mind, does everyone know how great of an athlete you were? Do they know the reason why I know you? Um, I think so. Maybe not. We're on, we're coming towards episode 200. So I try and do a reintroduction every so often, but it's been a minute. So, uh, maybe, maybe not. I'm not Three sure. Three-time captain. Like your name was always announced just from, from how many goals you'd have. Do you and... remember this? Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> like it's... for, for, for Mason, what I did, I would, I would have a sports show or I'd be the PA announcer. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to George Mason. So I, I would have the honor of goal <laughs> saying that so many times and, and just hearing your name like people don't realize how good of an athlete you were well th i thank you i appreciate that i guess i kind of forget because it was literally 20 years ago and um i never want to be that person being like 20 years ago i was a d1 athlete it was so great you know <laughs> coach would have put me in like uncle rico from napoleon dynamite um yeah well, I, I scored four touchdowns <laughs> <laughs> dude those are the worst um yeah it is i actually it's funny you say that because i need to update my instagram bio to like literally what i've done because you kind of do it assume people know what you've done and you really do have to display those ethos so people are like oh okay like she's actually checked some boxes they've actually run some laps and it's important <laughs> so that's yeah i'm getting the message on a few levels here you'll be proud so we we had our first practice for for basketball yesterday for, for the fall season and um, i i have a certain player my my daughter who likes to be intense sometimes. And so while we're waiting between drills, or if you're done with your drill, you're supposed to do a wall sit because wall okay. sits are crucial for for defense and for dribbling in basketball. But I also say it's crucial for lacrosse and, and getting explosion and for soccer as well. And and so you'd be proud. My daughter's like, all right, you guys are being lazy. Everyone wall sits now while we're waiting for coach to finish talking. And it's like- Oh, yes. <laughs> Okay. future captain right there she is already in the blood life skills through sports i'm the major advocate i love it yeah and she wants I'm to like, run for president let me know i'm like this is ko just coming into our practice and speaking <laughs> i love it well on the youthful front give us the background because it seems like you've been like pretty mission driven and in in or leading towards a leadership role the whole time but give us a give us a, a vibe on young haas and like was this in the cards like your daughter early on so I think it starts with my parents. So my father was always an educator. My father was always a coach. Uh, my mom was always about making the world a better place, taking care of others, um, respecting others. There's a religious background in that too. So um, always doing the right thing and, and, and just surrounding, making the surroundings better. And, and, and so um, if you believe in karma or paying it forward, those those things also apply. So with that, it starts with my parents and my family. And, and from there, I, I became a teacher after Mason. That wasn't the plan. So I, I became a teacher. And, and with that, I met a first year math teacher and, and she became my wife. So I think that that was destined to be. And, and through that, I, I coached athletics at, at the high school level. And I, I genuinely love coaching at, whatever age it is, I love it because the, the relationships that come from it, it, it's just, it's, it's unique. So the, the thing that I enjoyed most about coaching was going to a wedding last year of a former player and, wow. and, and how old am I now that I, I went to a wedding <laughs> last year of a former player? <laughs> 
that is crazy. They do grow up fast. We're still hanging in there. We're still waiting for the grow up part, but the kids we coach definitely make moves. What what religion did you grow up practicing? Uh, so I'm a practicing Muslim. And, oh, okay. And, uh, I married a Catholic, so we have everything awesome. covered in, in the Tabrizi household. I was going to say, you got all the juxtapositions of things, the tumor and tequila <laughs> happening. But I actually think that's phenomenal for your kiddos because then they get such a diversified perspective and approach on things. And I'm certainly not well-hearsed in um, religion in general, but we, you know, sports and everything was kind of like our go-to and still is, as you can see via my socials. Um, but I think those early life skills and practices are unbelievable. And when you have a couple, yes, they're different, but the idea of being a good person, having boundaries, being committed, like having these guidelines, it's t it, from my non-traditional view, it's all very similar. And it, as long as you're subscribing to something bigger than you and you're, you're doing the best you can, that's kind of my take on religion. Yeah. Um, I definitely don't push, push thoughts and beliefs on people. Everyone has whatever they want to do. But from, from a coaching perspective, the, let me give you an example. So last week there was a practice before us and one, a couple of the kids said something that I, I would never, ever, ever allow as a coach to a kid that looked different. He said, you should go back to X country. And oh. like, if I, if that happened in my practice, uh, I don't know what I would do, but yeah. it, the opportunity and obligation and, and honor of being a coach is just being able to give messages in different ways to, to make people better people. And, and, and so with that, it's, hey, your teammate gave up a goal. Are you going to scream at them or are you going to pick them up? And, and, and so it's the same in the workforce. Your teammate messed up. <laughs> okay, are you going to just belittle them and, and, and show them how bad they are? Or, or are you going to reflect on yourself and see what you could have done differently? So right. it, sports and athletics do so much for, for our lives. And, and so I, I know that and, and being able to shape people as a coach, it's really important. I think, wow. And gosh, today, I've always said, like I said, um, advocating for life skills through sports is so critical however those life skills have changed so much in 20 years that i've coached you know been coaching where it's you kind of learn how to get along with teammates and responsibility and being on time and all this and now it is like getting along with other people and dealing with way deeper issues way earlier because of yeah. social media because of the phone because of the exposure so much earlier you have to be equipped as a coach to be ready to be like, you know, a varsity high school counselor or a borderline therapist. Like you got to be able to not only know when to interject and be a leader, but also know how and what to say in the correct way. So it's a whole different animal. Do you feel that now as, as your career has moved forward? Yeah, definitely. Uh, there, there's definitely different kinds of emotions from lots of different players. And, and so this is the 49th season of coaching for me. So it, oh my it, gosh. It, being able to handle, oh, we have a new player who's really good. What do I do for the for the former best player? What do I do to make sure that that player is okay? What do I do for the players that don't run hard and 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 like maybe have issues during the school day? Like so, there's so many little things that we just. You're, you're right. It's it's being a counselor, a psychologist, um, being able to actually teach is really important. So. There's coaches there that, that just go there and, and they don't understand the opportunity of what they have. So um, what, if, what if Michael Jordan's coach at six years old was a bad coach? 
What right. if Kobe Bryant's coach at eight years old was a bad coach? So that's the way I feel. I'm like, okay, I have all these kids full of potential, full of greatness. I have to make sure I could show them that. And it might not be on the soccer pitch. It might not be on the basketball court and, and explain that to them. Like you coming to, to practice when you're the, the 15th man is a big deal in itself. Like don't worry about the end result. It's, it's what you put into it that really matters. And, and sometimes it's hard to understand as a six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 year old, but that's, that's the beauty of youth, youth sports where you have to go and, and, instill all these ideas and, and, and just keep, keep developing the youth. Yeah, I agree. I, you, I think that you said that perfectly. It's like you're just watering a tree and helping it kind of grow in the right way. And I think a lot of coaches sleep on the fact that you're probably one of the first adults in this kid's life that isn't their parents, that isn't their teacher, like in school, that has this opportunity, that has this in. You have their captive attention. And I think that look at coaches or athletics or some sort of leader, even if it's theater or chess or piano, um, when it's like a skill versus like a sitting down, like I'm telling you as a parent, I'm telling you as a teacher that you have an, you have a different end and you have a different opportunity to connect and, and bond. And you can change a kid's trajectory so positively, but with that, you can also change it so negatively. So the mindfulness as a coach of what you're saying and how is really, really tough. Spot on. So if you're the, if you're their first experience and you get them to quit the sport, shame on you, shame yeah. on you. You you did something wrong. It, yeah. The the number of kids that come back that are excited, you might be the most fun that they had for the week. That's why you're there, and 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 so for you to say that, spot on. Good job. I appreciate that. That means a lot coming from you. Forty nine seasons. I had ten, and that was just like at, at uh, high school, um, varsity level. But you know everything before that, we coached for many years. But forty nine is, is really impressive. Um, when you do get some of these parents or fellow coaches, do you do like any sort of consulting for other coaches that maybe aren't doing it as a full-time job, or they're just coaching their kid or whatever, like on how important it is or tips and tricks on like how to deal with kids? Cause this is, it's, I mean, 49 seasons is unbelievable. It's a wealth of knowledge, but most coaches have no idea they're doing it for free. They're already tapped out. And like, it's, it's kind of like this perfect storm of they're just doing it. They're helping. They're not getting paid. So they're probably doing it. Not the best version they can. And again, then the kid hates it. Like, do you consult with parents or anything like that? So that's helpful. Uh, depends on the community. So some communities, yeah. they know it all. And it, it, they, they know so much more than you. And it's hard to impart that wisdom because then it's unsolicited advice. They, the problem right now is everyone's trying to specialize at six years old with sports. And yeah. it, it's just crazy. And, and so looking at sports right now overall, it, you'll hear from older parents like, oh, my daughter quit her sport at 13 or my son quit my, his sport at 12. It just became work. Or when they got to college, they made, the, they finally became a division one athlete and they hate mm -hmm. it. They don't want to do it. And so parents don't see that. They, they hire tutors for their kids in kindergarten to, to <laughs> learn school and get, get more advanced and don't understand what it means for their life. Like for, from a Tabrizi philosophy, go play outside, go, yeah. go, go have friends. Yes. School's important. I was a math major. My wife was a math major. We were both teachers. She's still a teacher. doesn't mean don't do your homework. It, you still read, you still do your homework. You don't need to go do extra homework in kindergarten, second grade, third grade. It doesn't matter. You don't need to go and specialize in four sports in kindergarten, first grade, second grade, like go ahead and try all these different sports. And, and, and you don't know, like maybe you love a sport in third grade and it's not the sport you love in, in fifth or sixth grade. So 
if I'm to give advice to a parent, it would be don't push your kids so much to live the life you wanted to live. So if you regretted things, okay, now hopefully yeah. you're putting them in opportunities and, and, and um, allowing them to see different things, but allow them to fail. Mm-hmm. There's too many, like, are you going to go do your kid's project just because you don't want them to get uh, a bad grade? Uh, Allow yes, them to fail, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it's, I, thank God I was, I was 20, it was right out of college. So I coached for 10 seasons out of school. So I was younger. I didn't have kids and I, so I didn't care. So I was like, if the parents don't like me, it's women's lacrosse. So like all the dads stand on the sideline, they've never played. I'm not here to hear what you think about Colorado women's lacrosse <laughs> in the early 2000s, like next case. And I, and I was literally like that kind of attitude of like, Good. cause I don't care. Like, what is the school going to be mad at me? Or like, I wasn't a teacher in the building. And also, and I really cared about my kids. Like I came off a top 20 D1 program, blah, blah, blah. So it was almost like I had to unwind some things because they weren't scholarship athletes. But I was, I like, I treated them like adults early on. And thankfully, I think over those 10 seasons, my parents got the vibe that it's like, you have something to say. My door is more than open, but you can send me an email. Everything else is going to go through your kid. And that's that. Like they're, they're, they're in high school. They're adults at this point. And you know, mitigate the process. That being said, this was long ago enough where things have still changed even more. And I don't know that you can have that provide that much space between the parents and the coach. So the parents that I coach, they're, they're with it. They get it. They don't bother me at all. Um, Yeah. And it's the systems and communication and, and um, they understand, they, they know all the things that I do. And if I'm coaching four teams in a season, on top of everything else that I do, then uh, I can just get the feedback via email or or the the one minute after practice or so on and so forth. I don't I don't need to bother him for playing time and this and, like if I know the things that frustrate parents, I'm already addressing it head on. There you go. So I, I guess back to your original question for a newer coach, communicate over communicate. The more you communicate early on in your season, then the more space and boundaries you can get because your job at the end of the day is to make the players better and make it a fun environment. But unfortunately, that comes with parents. And that's the same with teaching. Yeah. So when I'm advising teachers, hey, okay, set your boundaries, get the information out to your parents so they're not they're not just they're not your enemy. They're they're your accountability partners, they're helping you. Because at the end of the day, we're trying to raise these kids to, to, to be the best they could be. So if you can involve them and, and then from there, allow yourself to have the classroom management you need as a teacher to, to not have to answer 400 emails a day. Because that's probably the hardest, one of the hardest things as a teacher is just so many requests, so many, so many requests and emails that it just takes away from making lesson plans and, and figuring out how to have energy as a teacher. Yeah, just to refuel it. I think that's actually a really good balance just in general of having boundaries on stuff. Over communication is so important, I think, in any relationship, player, coach, personal relationship, business. I mean, you really have to be out there and communicating everything nowadays because transparency is such a big piece of the game. If you don't talk about it and do it, they're going to find something out through this. And it could be misinformation <laughs> or misunderstanding. And then the narratives begin in the story. And so I think that's sound advice just for anyone out there trying to do anything is be clear what you have to say and, and overdo it versus underdo it just in general. And obviously that works in the workforce. So if you have leaders that are direct, transparent, telling you things beforehand, you, you, you don't have to make wrong assumptions or... Um, you don't have to have distrust. So the trust is really important to me. 
and it, it takes a while to earn that and and it's very easy to lose that and people trust me with their wealth and with their kids so i know yeah. how important that is and 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 with that i i try i i do my I don't know what words I want to use, but I say you, I think you show up and I think that's something you've always been good about is just like being a presence. You know, some people have an energy and a positive vibe and you can just trust your intuition. And even, you know, 20 years ago when you're interviewing college kids, like we didn't know, like we don't, it's not that we were worried about, and there's no social media then it was such a different yeah. game. Yeah. We're so old. Um, yeah. but it's, <laughs> you're still, you're still uncomfortable. Like we were women's lacrosse. We didn't have like media cameras or any training. Like I was a comm major and I didn't like, we, we got on like the mic where you're literally like cut and pasting like era like vhs tape type tape together i mean it, so we had to like kind of trust you being like you know what do you do i'm, I'm a lacrosse I, I play center cool what would you do this season i scored gold i mean it was so like you're so untrained like you've got to have yeah. some natural rapport and i'm and you know obviously you have the ethos the 49 seasons xyz there but clearly they trust you and and i think yeah. leaders know leaders so when they see how you interact with the kiddos they probably want you on the team to be a better soccer ball basketball whatever player but mostly just to be a better human like get these they're like just go teach them like teach them how to deal yeah. with you know camaraderie and teamwork or even racism or some of these heavier things like this is all part of it in this day and age right. And, and, and thank you. And that's why I think parents work so well with me is uh, I, I have great parents and they see it and they're like, how can I help you instead yeah. of let me just get all my answers that I want and send all these emails <laughs> and, and just make your day harder. No, it's it's more of how can I help you because you're, you're helping me and helping helping my community. And so uh, realizing that it takes a community um, having unselfish assistant coaches around you is really important. So mm -hmm. I, I'm very clear on the assistant coaches for all the youth sports teams I have. They're also parents, but you can't coach your kid. This isn't easier access to your kid. This is you're coming and you're not even looking at your kid. You're helping the other kids. And, and yeah. so with that, uh, if you surround yourself, I, I say surround yourself with greatnesses, then every, everyone rises and everyone becomes better. And so I, being unselfish is really important to me because if you pay it forward, and, and, and as, as we talked about earlier, then everyone will, will help each other out. Yeah. And what do we need more in our world than that? Like that is exactly what we need. So maybe you should be running for president. Get your daughter to be vice president. That's that's kind of I mean, that is the end game what we need. Everyone like dust off your own front doormat, get your stuff together and like just be a good person. So it, it all circles back. We might have to recap a podcast on the whole thing there. But I am curious, you know, so, you know, you grew up, it sounds like with structured and very intentional, purposeful living, whether it's religion or sports or whatever. Did you have a leader, a teacher, a coach that kind of changed or inspired your trajectory to get into leadership or coaching? Hmm. Um, so I remember my high school soccer coach and he helped me so much after high school for free. Uh, okay. He was helping me train. I was trying to play basketball at Mason. I'm 5'9". Oh, I, I didn't know this. Yeah. I, I, okay. I played at community college before it and I was trying to walk on at Mason, but I actually had a fusion in my, in my back before it. So I, I couldn't play I, that. And I'm not that good. Like, well, they, let, they were like be... right on the cusp of going, you know, where they went. I mean, that was like, right. That wasn't, I mean, it was, it was a little bit before, but the final four star, but not really like that was 2008 ish. So when did you graduate college? So I graduated in 06 and okay. I would have, I was trying to play around 2004 
And so with that, my, my coach, my soccer coach would train me all the time. And he didn't know basketball, but from a physical perspective, we we're doing plyos all the time, lifting, um, the power speed and everything that is needed for basketball. You could take that from a soccer player and, and translate it. So the for amount sure. of time and energy he put there, uh, I think that goes a long way where I will help people. I don't, it's not, there's no money involved. It's just, if you ask for help and I have the time, I'm going to give you the help just because you are willing to put in the work. And so that's coach P's taught me that. And, and, um, th that's just being a natural leader of, of, Hey, um, work ethics important to me. And, 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 and that's one of my values is, is always being the hardest worker from, from a professional athlete perspective. Kobe Bryant was always the hardest worker. If, if you hear me speak on Instagram, I'm always talking about work ethic. And, and so, um, knowing the coach, knowing that I would never stop, I was always there. I'd come at whatever 5am in the morning to work out. I'd, I'd show up multiple times a day to work out, which is probably why I broke my back. Um, <laughs> then, uh, Balance, he, he, yeah. he wanted to reward me and, and, and keep, keep seeing this through. So, uh, that that's, that's probably the, the best example I have of, of a coach. That's amazing. Does he know that? Like, will he listen to this or like, does he have any idea how impactful that was for you? He's out in a farm in Pennsylvania and, and he's eight okay. years old right now. But uh, if there's a way to get it to him, I'll, I will let him know. He for sure knows turmeric and tequila. We sound exactly where this is demographic for sure. Um, that's hilarious. I, yeah, I had no idea you were trying to work your way into the basketball. I mean, that, that's like a super high program. But I was kind of similar to you. I was a Colorado kid. Nobody cared about women's lacrosse. I, they, I mean, they didn't care about Colorado kids because the Northeast was just so much better at the time. And we didn't have traveling teams back then in Colorado. Like I had, I was lucky my public school had it and my coach was a softball coach like we were doing I had a wood stick whatever but like you <laughs> I, I was like so bad but I was like if I can just get on the team I got run over my first year that was fine but if I could just get there I'll do the work like the work never yeah. scared me like I just I was I, I sweat more I think just the lack of opportunity that I wouldn't be able to just get in the door if I could get that my mindset was always you know just work hard and it'll somehow shake out. And I kind of think that's honestly been a running theme for my life. Do you feel like it's been that way for you for all your projects? So I was about to ask you the same thing. So as, as a listener, can you explain how a division one athlete has prepared you for everything that you've done? Oh man. Well, it kicked the shit out of me. So that was step one um, in the best way. Cause you know, I, and again, I, I'm so thankful. I always say like God, universe, Madonna, whatever you believe you, it prepares you. You can do all the work, practice, have the plan, whatever. And like life is still going to kind of put you on the path you need to be on. Like, I think even if you made the basketball team, then you might not have been as much into like the interviewing and the recording. And now you're like this, you know, big public speaker. Like, of course you needed those reps more than you needed to be doing like free throws. So like, it sucks when it doesn't work out the way you want, but also like, I mean, look who's laughing now. So, um, I think it prepared me in so many ways Showing up knowing nobody. Yeah, I was 2,000 miles from home. I, I And I do talk about this podcast relatively often. I, have, I was fearless at 18. I didn't, or 17 or whatever. I, I didn't care. There was no one telling me I wasn't going to do something. I turned down like $20,000 scholarships to walk on to a top 20 D1 team. And I think about some of that stuff now as a 42 year old. I'm like, 
it's not that I get nervous for stuff, but like I got to channel the 18 year old self that did not give a shit. Like there was no gray area in what someone was going to tell me I was going to do. And even as bad as it got, like I was, I felt very lonely because my family was away. And then I ended up tearing my ACL after my best game here in Denver in front of my whole family, the first game back, like all this drama. And it was my first point of like feeling depressed. Like that was new. So I learned, I think so much between 18 and 22 being a D D1 athlete going through adversity, once they were like, come to the job world, I was like, oh, hell no. Like, we're just going to be an entrepreneur. I don't want a boss. Like, I'm done having a coach. Like, learned many lessons from her. But I just, it just wasn't my vibe. So I was like immediately prepared to start an, a business and no part of it scared me at all. And I think that's because I had so many breakdowns, breakthrough in college. Where I was like, I mean, what, I don't have to run a five minute mile. Who cares if I have to get up and get on the computer? Like, that's not hard. Um, so I don't know. What, how about you? How did, how did athletics in general just prepare you for life and all these young humans you're shaping? So one repetition, but perfect repetition. So I, I have a thing with my daughter. We would, we would do 500 makes a day. And then I realized this is becoming laborious for a eight year old. So how about you just do 24 perfect shots? So perfect form, perfect swishes, just do that every day. Consistency, but doing, doing it at, at, at the correct way, because obviously if you drive hundred miles per hour, but are going the wrong way, you're, you're not going to make your destination. <laughs> so, so doing things correctly, um, with that, and it's not perfectionism, but when I'm dealing with a client on, on the wealth management side, they, they trust you and they won't trust you if you don't do things the right way. So it is important to do things the right way. And, and I'm going to go on a tangent here, but right now in schools, you're allowed to retake everything. If you mess up on an exam, you can you could take the test 10 times. So what? Imagine, Seriously? Yeah. Yes. Like in elementary, high school, middle, like all of them? Yes. Wow. So if, okay. And it's because you haven't mastered the material yet. So they allow you to retake it so you can master it. So imagine 17 year old me, I'm not going to pay attention. I'm going to look at the exam. Then I'm going to go and, and, and take it again, and that will be my study guide. And then I'm going to take it again until I get a perfect score. Well, that, wow. that doesn't prepare you for life at all. Wow. That ill prepares you. That's like the, it's it counterproductive. Correct. <laughs> oh, is that, is that so, a Virginia thing or is that everywhere? I don't have kids, so like I'm not in this, these systems. It's definitely a Virginia thing. I, okay. I, I don't know. I'm sure it's countrywide, but it, yeah. It's a thing. And it's like, can we redo that free throw? That'd be great. <laughs> oh, well, what's funny is like, this is because, you know, I'm a longtime CrossFitter and this is where like, like, is it a sport? Is it not? I'm kind of like, nah, man, it's time fitness. I love it. I bleed it. We've been doing it for 10 years. But the accoutrement that goes into CrossFit, you change your shoes, you change your headband, you change this and you chalk and then you time your workout and then you restart the clock and you redo it and you can submit it. I'm like, in real sports, like, you, there was no redoing the goal. There's no, if you get a bad call from the ref, you get over it. Like there's no redo or resubmitting a workout or no retaking the test. Like it's done. That's it. And that's kind of yeah. part of the thrill of it is that like yeah. when, then you feel the gratification of kicking ass because you earned it versus you did the system. Like when did that become a thing? UVA losing to a 16 seed. They, they should, they should ask for a redo there. Well, they actually <laughs> did a redo by winning a championship the next year. So the, the friction that came from being embarrassed and losing to a 16 seed just showed the metal of who they are and, and allowed them to, to really have an off season to be like, okay, well, we're going to have to show all these people who we really are. And, and, and with that, they, they came back and they became champions. That's greatnesses to go from rock bottom to, to the apex. 
apex that that's really beautiful and and yeah. we can't it doesn't happen if we don't allow adversity well you need the sting the sting is what provides the space for you to feel that yearn and that need for greatness and knowing that there's limited time like in my mind i knew i only had four years there was no professional women's lacrosse and there's no nothing after that like this is as high as it got and i knew if i couldn't do it in four years even though i, I ended up myself and got five years careful what you wish for uh you know i <laughs> isn't that funny and i knew i had like this pressing timeline if i knew there was this big redo or gray area i don't think i would have worked as hard in time like knowing my personality i would have but hypothetically I don't know. I think that that sting and that breakdown and that sense of urgency that's provided by yourself, like your internal spirit or those around you, that's a critical element of success. And then you do feel the greatness. Like, I feel like you might be robbed of that if you don't feel the breakdown and the pain. Right. Right. It, as you said all that, I took a moment to, to look at your life. If you went to school in, in Colorado and you knew everyone and things were easier for you, would, would we have all this that we have right now? Yeah, there's no way I was going to stay in Colorado. I didn't apply to a single school. I didn't. I remember to the last minute I was sweating because my like grades were OK. My um, ACT and SAT, I was a horrible test taker. I, I like I literally was like, I want to go D1 top 20. My parents were like, what about the business school? I'm like, oh, yeah, it's great. Like, I don't even know if I had a business school. I didn't care. Um, I was so dead set and like probably up at night thinking that I wasn't going to get into school. Like the fire was real. So I don't. I don't think there's any chance, but hypothetically, if that didn't happen, I truthfully think I would have just been miserable. Like I missed out on something and I don't know where, what direction that would have led me down. Um, maybe it would have made me more angsty to get, <laughs> follow my dream, but I truth, I can't even imagine that not being a thing, maybe not a George Mason, but on some team. So I'm probably not answering your question, but that point in my life, I don't think there was a plan B. And if it was, man, I would probably, yeah, be a totally different person. I'm just knowing you and looking at you, independent, strong woman who's capable of anything. Uh, a lot of that you could attribute to. Well, what do you attribute that to, actually? Crazy genetics. My family's insane. Um, no, there's a bunch of hard drivers. It's so funny when you're saying, like, if you drive a car in 100 miles in the wrong direction, it's still in the wrong direction. That's me for sure. The good news is me is I'm, I'll be okay doing the work to be like, oh, shit, let's just go back to the 100 miles. Like, we'll figure it out. And that's part of the problem. But um, usually if I'm in on something, I'm in. And I do think that's a product of personality. I'm the oldest of four. I have three younger brothers. So, again, I think Universe was preparing me not only to be a, like a strong female, but be in a room of all men most of my professional life up until like kind of recently. Um, so I think it's all like you nurture nature environment for sure. Just coaching. My coaches were always big advocates on strong women and being outspoken. And again, this is 20 years ago, so it wasn't as socially acceptable as it is now to, you know, like take off your shirt, like Brandy Chastain and, you know, do a big dance. Like you didn't see a lot of that yet. So, um, I don't know. I think a lot of my fire discipline and then just like clear vision on what I'm going to do is just a combination of these things. But I do think you have to have, be disciplined, but I do think we are hardwired in a certain way to, to operate and walk through this world. So for the girl dads out there, what's your advice for creating alphas as daughters, leaders as daughters? What, what, what advice do you have out there? 
my best advice is that I'm I'm fascinated by the idiosyncrasies that make us us. And it's like, you know, I wanted to be a pro lacrosse player. You wanted to be a pro basketball player. We have these ideas of what we want. And my biggest thing now at 42, from the personal work that I've done, it's really about understanding you and not what you do and understanding your core values. So what's happy or what makes you feel fulfilled or like purposeful and intentional. And if whatever path you choose, if you can feel those things, I really think it's about maintaining the mental health feeling, that purpose feeling fulfillment in whatever it is if you have those then you can chase the dream or do the work right now to get to the dream like whatever it is if you can embody those characteristics and feel whole within yourself you will be a leader people will see that wholeness that energy that uh personal responsibility that you've committed to yourself and even if you're not you know alpha or outspoken you will exude an energy that's there because you're secure within and you're understanding and walking a path that you're confident in, even if you don't have the in game or, or a mapped out situation. I certainly never did, but I was clear in the I was in the pursuit of something, whether it was a short term or long term goal. I was on I was on to the next thing, so I, there wasn't a lot of time for bullshit and or like drama or anything like like we we kept forward. So number one, I'd see determine your core values and know what you care about, so you can walk happy and purposeful. And number two is get around well get your purpose in line get your goals but it, like you were saying get around good people that are better than you and then there's just all the other bs fl flickers out because there's just not a lot of time how about you love, i'm curious I to hear your that. response <laughs> for for raising a girl dad so putting putting her in opportunities that challenges her that creates real confidence so i think real confidence is important so mm -hmm. um, i've had parents before saying well um you know yelling or, or being strict isn't really the best thing. And I'm like, okay, hold on. I'm, I'm, I, I change how I am on purpose. So if we're going to go and play in a AU tournament against certain types of athletes and, and communities that it's just going to be very difficult, I'm going to be difficult the week before, just so that if I, if I made practice harder and I was scary, then the game will be a little easier. And, and so if you can handle me and do well, then, then the game is going to to be a success for you. So real confidence, not just okay. Well, you're allowed to take six steps and travel, and 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 oh, you missed the shot, so let me just wipe the ball off for you and hand it over to you. Oh, you made okay. it, yay! After the fifth try, no real confidence. So we have to put them in challenging situations that create real confidence, but also exposing them to a lot of uh, opportunities. So my daughter plays four sports. Her her mom had 13 letters in high school. She doubled up in the winter. So wow knowing that having that as a role model for for her uh ha having great female figures in her life is important the uh the love that comes from a dad is really important um just there's so many things um the mindset the my daughter wrote a quote in my second book uh and, okay. and, and to hand her the the book and be able to have her read the quote and take it to school and explain why she's so confident. Like those are things that make her more confident. So just yeah. little things like that add up. Or, or, or how about this one? So we were at the beach in the summer and there was a very fit younger girl there who was reading a book for a couple hours. And I go up to my daughter, I'm like, hey, go up to her and talk to her and ask her what sports does she play? She clearly looked like a swimmer. And, and, and so we walk up to her, talk to her for 10 minutes. She, she was a professional, she, she's an Olympic swimmer. Okay. So okay. she, she had, uh, I think three golds at, at, uh, Rio and then, uh, a gold. Yeah. And she's talking to my daughter and, and, and for me, it's giving 
my daughter the confidence to just be able to have that conversation. Now, you don't need to have your little kid go up to strangers without you there. That's not smart. But I'm there. And and, and, yeah. and so for her to be able to to be an equal with, with this 26-year-old, just that makes my daughter even greater. And, and so just opportunities like that. Or when she was three years old, she went to to Giant and, and went behind the, the counter for the, the cakes. And she's like, hi, excuse me, we need a cake with the train on it. And it needs to be blue and green. She's three. <laughs> I love it. But telling her that's her job, thats that, those are little things that just make her not scared in life. I love that. Real confidence. That's, that's so eloquently said and the absolute truth, just kind of exposing that environment early. And the representation is always critical. You need to see some version of yourself in some forward version of the path that you want to go down, that they're there and you can like tangibly see it and know that you know, it's, it's possible. How did your wife do 13 letters? I feel like you guys need to, that's a boss. You guys need to be like Haas and the boss. She's that, that's, that's insane. <laughs> oh man. And she, she's the yin to my yang. She balances me so much. I am, uh, outgoing and, uh, very confident, loudly confident, and she's quietly confident. Um, and, and, and so she played field hockey. She dove, did gymnastics and then played soccer. So wow. because of the, the diving skills and gymnastics are inter interchangeable, the coaches allowed her to get do both sports. Oh, okay. I was going to say, like, you can't even, like, logistically do that well. Correct. But, man, you have no room for BS if you're doing all that stuff. Like, you're getting life <laughs> skills. Like, you're ready to be a CEO, ready to, like, ready to get out of high school. That's having, crazy. Having me as a dad who – I am intense. I am very intense as a coach. I have very high expectations. Like – we're getting up and we're doing this and then having a mom who also understands like if you if you're going to commit to a sport you're going to do it to the end of the season you don't quit and, and and things like that not saying my daughter wants to quit but the, the point is that's the kind of yeah. mindset of having both that around you that that just really is going to help all three of my kids Absolutely. Well, so I'm super curious because growing up, it was funny. I didn't have a lot of guy coaches and because obviously women's lacrosse is different than men's lacrosse. So I, there is really successful males in the women's lacrosse game, but I've always thought it's weird that they've never played the sport. So how do you coach it? I don't know. But again, we've had really great ones, Gary Gate, et cetera. Uh, how, what is the difference or what's your experience been versus like coaching young girls versus coaching young boys? So I coached high school boys basketball and high school girls basketball. I've also coached AU boys and AU girls and then youth boys and girls. So just like the classroom, girls tend to listen better and, and be better students and be more fundamental. So you can run a lot more plays with girls. Uh, I'm gonna say things that's gonna come off, uh, I don't know. Follow your heart. <laughs> yeah, 49 seasons. <laughs> <laughs> boys tend to be more athletic and when the older they get they're more athletic so with that then there isn't more there they don't need fundamentals they don't run plays as well they tend to just do it themselves girls are really good at at being coachable mm -hmm. now the here here's the beautiful thing if you have coachable boys who are super yeah. athletic and you take the information that you give to the girls now that that team is going to be very successful and we had that in, in high school and that's why we had championship after championship it's being able to take the offenses that we instilled on the girl side and then bring it to the boys and and, and so oh interesting beautiful stuff 
Okay. Where did you learn that from? Do you, are you like a big advocate of like coach K or like, are any of these coaches that you follow? You're a big student of the game. Um, so when I first coached girls at Oakton high school, Fred Priester is just a 3d chess player with all the things that he does. And, and, and so just soaking it all in and being able to pass that on to my players. So it actually matters the angle of your feet. It actually matters the angle of your elbow. It actually matters the littlest detail. Now, the problem is with youth sports, you don't want to overdo it. So you have yeah. to find one thing for them to do and then have them get good at that one thing, then you can add to it. So high school sports, college sports, maybe middle school sports, you, you want to be perfect and, and hey, your shoulders need to be this way and, and your follow through needs to be this way. But for, for youth sports, it's being able to explain to them something simple that they can go do and then actually be successful with. Because if you go do it and miss a hundred straight times, they're not going to believe you. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's the same with wealth management. It's the same with communicating in life. If I'm going to go give you something and have it actionable, then you're going to want to see success from it. And otherwise you're, you're, you're going to quit. And, and so that's sometimes why it's so hard to lose weight or, or have a workout plan because it takes, eight weeks sometimes it takes 12 weeks sometimes and, and the instant gratification or things that come with our phones and Amazon and so on and so forth the it, it makes it much harder to to see things that take years to develop it yeah I, that the instant gratification is such a thing I always it's funny because even in college again school is not the priority I always like to learn and whatnot but I really just had my mind's eye on competing. Um, and I started a lacrosse business after college, so it worked out. But uh, having this, this, the cost of convenience was always this theme that always rang in my mind that bothered me, like instantaneous, like fast food, calorically, it's, you know, it, it costs you or, you know, fast relationships, they tend not to work out like anything that's convenient is usually the wrong way to go about things. And now it's on like that times 10 with this. I was going to be funny and say, tell us more about fast relationships, but uh, that, that's for a different <laughs> whole show. other podcast. Yeah. This, again, I just have to work out here. We just, we just got to do sports. Um, it is, but it, I mean, even like, like quick, like business deals or, or personal relationships, anytime you're just not really invested or taking your time to get to know someone or cook your own food or do something the long way. It's not that you don't need convenience things, convenient things once in a while. It's just that continuous practice of instant gratification, I think is such a killer or like online dating did a whole podcast on that of how it's this transactional swiping and i'm 42 so i kind of missed a lot of that is I, I think it's just not good for your soul but again then you go get fast food like this it's just quick 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 and i don't even think you stop to think how much you're giving up to get these convenient options Spot Mini on. tangent. <laughs> no it's okay and that's why i talked about it before like me going to work out and making sure my battery's not at zero well yeah it's also having the right mindset and also the right nutrition and, and, and having all that balance. Because if we want to be the best versions of ourselves, we really have to take care of ourselves. And the the beauty of things now, we're talking about those things. So we're talking about yoga. We're talking about meditation. We're talking about macros and what we put into our body and, and the impact that it has. And, and uh, things that are happening more for me is is what are we doing with our leading with our heart and 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 just going the extra step with how we treat others so I, i'm glad you brought up the the cost of fast food it, yeah it's convenient but what did it really do to me and and people don't see that Ugh. 
It's so brutal. Well, on that note, how much do you, I always talk about like humanizing, like I always say I'm an athlete or a human first and I'm an athlete, then I'm a business person or whatever the titles are. How, and, and when the companies I work with them for KO Alliance Consulting and Branding Marketing, long story short, we in general work with them to humanize the brand. We're in a society where our kiddos see through everything, their conscious consumers or younger people or older people like, like it, people want to know what you're about. Is it woman owned? Is it minority owned? Is it from, is it local? Is it this? Does it give, gives back to charity a percentage, but like whatever. I always say unpack the thing. And I think that comes tenfold in coaching where, like you said, leading with the heart. How are you? How is your mental health? How is, how, is, how are you as the human? How much do you interject those conversations now with your, your kiddos? coaching or your, your own kids? Oh, all the time, all the time. Since again, I, I, I have that responsibility and the obligation to, to be that extra voice just to cement what is being taught at home. So I, I'm saying the same stuff that parents are saying, but it's just different words. It, it, it might be when it actually clicks. And, and, and so mm -hmm. um, that's, that's a major part of youth sports is just being able to say the things that, um, Sometimes I want the other coaches to say things so my kids hear it. So it, yeah. it, it's really important to, to say those things. I think that's amazing. Well, and perfect segue because I do want to talk about the business because I'm, I'm, everything I really do is about our young people coming up because they are the future. But also I just think there's not a lot of people that aren't they don't have an agenda, whether it's marketing or sales or something like that are leading our young people to certain directions. So I just like transparency and the truth. So I love that we've unpacked a lot around the coaching because our athletes are more than likely our future leaders, no shade mm -hmm. to our actors or anything else, but, um, <laughs> just kind of is how it is. Uh, so these conversations are really critical. How now are you working? Like, tell me about the motivational speaking and coaching with adults, because a lot of the stuff they're learning young now, it took us 20 years to figure out and be like, oh, you know, I've had coaches, I've had this, but I, man, it, this would have been great at 14, but now at 30, 42, whatever, coaching is more relevant now for me, like for life skills than ever. So I like to show things. So let me, let me turn it around real quick. Okay. What are you trying to accomplish? You said you're 42 multiple times and, and thank you for that. <laughs> what would be a successful decade for you? What do you need to accomplish between now and, and when you turn 50? Um, oh, between now and 50, dude, I really go like five years out. I don't know if I can go that long. Um, success to me is truly like, like I was saying earlier is just feeling whole and in, in route with my purpose and impact impact is like this constantly running theme in my mind where yes, I want abundance and money and love and these things, but like a positive impact is the only way I think I'll feel truly purposeful and in living and pursuing my life of service. And so all those other things are great and part of it, but I, that path, that path towards impact and knowing I'm somehow contributing to this world is very critical to like my own core values. And I think my, most of my family is like that in our own ways, a couple of military brothers and coaches and leaders, blah, blah, blah. But um, that would be success to me. I definitely want to have a lot of money because I, you know, as a business person, you know, the more money you have, the more chips you can move, you can just make bigger decisions and streamline processes and, you know, fund nonprofits that are doing it right. Like you can do so much with money. So never be scared of money. Um, but just generally speaking, yeah, I would just want to be in a position where I'm like, man, I feel purpose. I see the impact. And now I have the ability to maneuver to directly positively impact causes or situations or things or people that I want to, especially by 50. And so with the things that you shared, knowing that your message is something that is important because I deal with wealth and it's like, I just want to have a lot of money. And it's like, 
because I want a golden toilet seat. Like, yeah, wh no. why do you want to have a lot of money? So there's, I talk to clients and it's like, I have $40 million right now. I'm going to have $100 million at death. It's coaching to, are, are we giving to the poor? Are we creating scholarship? What, what was impactful? What was important to you? Are we just giving the money to the kids? Whatever it is, having them think about things that they haven't really thought about you with who you are and the people you talk to, of course you've thought about these things, but uh, there, there's a lot of successful people out there or just anyone out there that hasn't really looked for what am I going to do personally, professionally and financially over the next five years. And, and so having that goal in mind is really important. And then with that, okay, so these are the chips that I have, what do I do to optimize those chips. And so th those are the conversations, just making sure you don't, you don't lose the opportunity that you have because there's people out there, let's just say they make a million dollars a year, but they go spend 700,000 a year, 800,000 a year. That's, that's not going to be productive for, for their financial goals. And so being able to coach people and, and have the rapport with them and have the honesty with them to be like, you said you're going to spend 200,000 a year and you're spending 700. What happened? And, and, and there's a lot of advisors out there that can't do that. There's a lot of advisors out there that are just talking about rates of return and, and, and just trying to sound like the smartest person in the room. If you have a connection, if you are really trying to help people, you're just trying to show them what they want and then lead them the right way. And then you're still going to put them in the right investments and, and lead them down the right path. But it, 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 the why is really important. And, and without the why, without the purpose, then you're just, you're just going through the motions and, and, you might be going, like we said before, 100 miles per hour the wrong way with what you're doing. Like maybe we pushed all our chips in on crypto or or, or something <laughs> like that because everyone else did it. Like, yeah. No. <laughs> Amen. You know, it's it. that's so real. And the thing, the kicker of that is the person, the advisor that's just worrying about the percentage is just like the person that has a million coming in and is, and is spending 900,000. Like there's no, in, there's no showing up again and humanizing what your daily practice is, whether it's work or family. Um, but that's, I hope people can hear the authenticity and the leadership and who you are, because that's extra work to be honest with like a kiddo in practice or to be honest with a client at work to say these things versus just be like, yep, here's how we make money. Here it is. Catch my like that's easy that you can do that. And they'll look successful and it'll be great. But to sit there and have the conversation being like, little Julie, I told you not to wear jean shorts today. This is this is real practice. Like you need to wear athletic shorts or I can only think like we did camps for 20 years. So I laugh on some of the conversations, but we had to like break it down and then they would get it versus just be like, yeah, we'll take your camp money, whatever. And then Julie looks like a fool because she's in jean shorts and her hair's down and like all the things. And on the varsity level of, you know, you know, you're making a million dollars, but you're spending 90 percent of that like you're set up for financial ruin, especially with interest rates now. Well, I mean, I'm not a finance human by any means, but I think it's extra. So when people hear leaders or coaches like you and they see that you authentically go that extra mile, people are smart. They see that. And then like you're saying, they'll authentically trust you. That's why uh, my, and I, I work with everyone and I work well with everyone, but female CEOs love hearing this because they, they, they want to be heard. Uh, they want being a good listener is really important. And, and so taking 30 extra minutes for that, instead of just giving the recommendation, cause people are like, yeah. so what do you suggest I do? And I'm like, I don't even know you. I don't know yeah. what's going on. I don't know your background. I don't know what, what you mistakes you've made. I don't know what you're trying to accomplish you. And you probably have five different things that you haven't even shared 
better assets that you don't trust me yet. So, so I, I don't say that, but they really, you, later on you learn, it's like, I have this, I have this and I have this, but it's because they didn't trust the advisor. So really building the trust again with the kids, with the parents, with the clients, but also in the speaking engagements, building the trust with the audience. So being authentic and sharing what's in my heart, sharing personal stories, talking about my family and, and, and having it so that the message is something that they can hear. If it's, if it's robotic or if it's an AI chat or whatever it might be, like they can just go look it up online. But if it's something that they can just sink their teeth into and be like, okay, that is relatable. I understand. So, so like my biggest message right now is I didn't realize I wasn't living my fullest life. So, okay. um, at 40 years old, some of us, this was the last summer, some of us have midlife crises and realize we need to do more. Mine was my mom telling me I wasn't doing enough and, and uh, I'll get into that. But I had three wonderful kids, great wife. We're successful. I'm healthy. Um, I, at that point I'd written three books, um, um, and we're financially okay and, and all that. So, um, my mom had a health scare. Um, she, she was told she had advanced cancer. And so with that, um, I asked her what she wanted to do with the remaining time that she, she was given. So like, do we want to go travel? And she couldn't travel. Do we want to go do this? Do we want to go see this? And my mom being a mom, uh, being who she is, she's, she's like, you said you were going to be on TV when, when you were in your twenties and you didn't do that. And I'm like, huh? Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so she, she challenged me with a couple things and she's like, there's things that you said you were going to do and you didn't do that. So you need to go live your life. You have so much life left. And I wasn't going to argue back and forth with her. Like, uh, I know oftentimes we, we don't listen to our parents, uh, whatever age we're at, whether we're eight or, or 40, but <laughs> it, if you're prescribed, uh, that you don't have that much time left, uh, you kind of, you have to listen to that person. So a couple months later, I, I made a radio show and, and, and the breeze 93, seven, the ticket is on, uh, on Sundays at 1 PM. And, the reason for that is so my mom could watch me on, on online and, and see me every Sunday. She's my number one fan and, and she, she gets to see it and being who she is, she's like, Oh, you were, you're slouching or this looked bad or your audio yes. is this and yes. so on and so forth. But, uh, that radio show turned into a TV show in, in Lincoln, Nebraska. And, and there's so many things that came from that. And then it's like, okay, I got that goal. But my mom being who she is, what's next? Yeah. So you need to go do this. So now, now because of that, it's like I, I'm writing another book. So a fourth book's coming out in the fall. And, and part of that is just to impart a lot of the wisdom that we've been talking about to, in, in, in a book form for, for, for readers. And that's because of my mom. And then on top of that, okay, I'm able to get my message across to people in my community or people that somehow get referred to me but I want to hit a wider stream. I want to go international and TEDx allows that. And so with the TEDx, people will really understand that how great they truly are. And, and, and so that my mom caused that. And, and I can say my kids are my why and my wife are my why they are. And, and my dad's important to me and my sister's important to me, but my mom calling me out and say, I didn't live my life to the fullest at 40. 
it's like, oh, Ooh. dang. Okay. Yeah. And, 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 and so I'm sure there's many people who regret not doing something in their life and, and didn't, didn't go do something they promised and, and they have excuses for it. Or instead of being lost and driving 100 miles per hour the wrong way, they're not even driving. They're just sitting yeah. there. And, and, and so the message for my mom, from Mama, Mama Tabrizi, to go live your life to the fullest because you don't know how many days you have left, that, that's yeah. really impactful. Amen. Well, your mom, her nickname is now the truth. You got the boss in your life, your wife, and the truth as your mom, man. You better pack a helmet. That's a journey right there. Um, <laughs> but what, what a blessing to have strong humans and strong women. This is great for your for your sons too, but for your daughters, that's big. Um, thank you for sharing that. That's that's powerful, and it's and it's really vulnerable for you because you're an established leader. You're preaching ways to live life and to stay vulnerable and human in that. You know, being a student while you're being a coach, I think is th those are our best leaders. Those are the ones where in 2023, it's no longer this coercive do what I say because I said it's I'm in it with you. I still do my training. I still have my bad days. My family breaks my shit down. Like this is, I think, the most important leadership that we need because it needs like you've been saying this whole conversation authentic and transparent and real and that's real thank you yeah and and, and being able to share that because there there's some commonality when when people have cancer they tell that to each other so other people can understand that like, this is difficult this is what i went through or if miscarriages happen i'm going to say some sensitive things if miscarriages happen we had a couple we whenever someone has one we we impart our wisdom because we care about each other so as as humans when if we open up and share okay this is what happened when we went through it it just shows that we can overcome most things there's certain things that are very difficult and i'm not going to go there but uh if you if you if you hear okay so my, my son broke both of his arms um it's like, well, there's someone out there that broke both of his legs. There's someone out there with no arms. There's someone yeah. out there that broke his neck. There's someone out there with no arms and legs. So those are the, that's the type of mindset to have. And, and he actually brought it up himself. I didn't need to coach him on that. And that, that, that's amazing to, to be able to have that mindset as a 10 year old. And it's tough. Like the, he might look amazing here. He, He's still going to be crying at home because he had a long day or he yeah. can't write and so on and so forth. So just because you guys see perfection on social media or, or positive words from me, there's still very difficult things going on in my life and very difficult things going on in pretty much everyone else's life just because they're not showing that. So I'm glad I'm glad you brought that up. Bang, bang. I, I think I mean, it kind of all boils down to mental health. And then the more we can be vulnerable in that, the more we can connect and people can just not feel alone. And I think if we can just not feel alone, have a little bit more empathy for one another, because like you said, it doesn't matter what time in your life, you need your highest highs. Everyone's going through something all the time. Like there's never really not something going on. And if we could just hold a little space for each other a little bit more, I think that is where that just that connection comes in and then that comes back because you're going through something so someone then can open up to I mean it's just like this reciprocal energy um that I think just gets lost in in our American culture so much so um I, I really appreciate that story and that's pretty awesome that your mom had the awareness and of all the because you're you're an accomplished human so I love that she picked one thing and she's like all these medals these awards these books are good the money the house all the thing but can you please get on tv yes mom <laughs> that's hilarious uh, pull on the thread mom thanks yeah yeah 
<laughs> well, I mean, she knows you. I'm sure you know she knows you well, and she knows you're kind of. I think you're always like your young self forever. So I think she knows how to to strike a chord, and she struck, and it worked. <laughs> exactly, and and I love it, and because of it, it's going to change so many lives. And so, um, thankfully, my mom is still here. Uh, it's the mindset that she has. Um, I know. I don't know when she won't be here. It could be tomorrow. Hopefully, it's not. But um, I'm lucky enough with the bad news has come her being around my kids more. So she mm -hmm. lives with us four days a week. And so she gets to teach our kids so many, she lives 10 minutes away, but she still lives with us four days a week. That's and awesome. so with that, my kids are, are really learning so much more from a different voice and, and just raising three kids is hard. So having a grandma in the house is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I have three dogs and it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, but God bless you guys. Absolutely. So being able to, and, and I'm, again, so many people have lost their parents or, or even buried their kids. So I'm not trying to um, bring sad memories on, on, on death. It's the, the mindset I have on it. Because even if my mom passed away last year, the wisdom that she has passed on to me, it's always having that message in my head or my dad. It's like their voices, they, they've, They've made me who I am. Mm -hmm. That's why we started with why I am the way I am. It's because of my parents. And so whether they're here or not, um, it's to honor them and, and, and live the way that they raised me to live, uh, live my life. So I love that. We're, love we're definitely, to, I mean, it's too, I, everything goes back to athletics for me because it's just, there's no middle ground. But um, I always had this mindset of, I don't think anybody told me, it was always just something I would think of because my family was very prideful and competing, but like always knowing that like the name on your front of your shirt is important as the name on the back of your shirt and or your jersey. Because I think, you know, when we're, we're walking around representing ourselves, it's one thing, but when you constantly have this messaging that like you're representing your family, you're representing your mom, these messages, every person that did something before you, uh, as a strong woman, all the women that did so many things at Blaze Trailer for me to even play sports or Title IX or all these things, like it's always in my mind of gratitude and and then to drive home what you're saying and it's I think it's good for everyone to hear is that time's finite. Like you can be diagnosed with cancer, but you can also get hit by a car tomorrow. Like anything can happen. Um and and knowing that you don't you can again plan do all these stuff, but like that might be it. Like you at least you got this conscious conversation because of something, and now you can choose to live life a different way. Yeah, I'm, I'm very lucky for it. And uh, the, the, now the challenge comes making it so that as many people can hear it. And, and it's hard because sometimes when, when you talked about mental health and you talked about things like that, I, I talked to my therapist. I was like, when can you help people the most? And he said, when, when they're honest with themselves and honest with me. And, mm -hmm. and, and so uh, I'm trying to for the last year and a half, like learn how to communicate better just from talking to my therapist because he's really good at it. He's really good at asking questions. And, and like um, the, last, the last time I was with him, it was literally spending an hour on helping the audience hear me better. And, 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 and so uh, the advice that, that has stuck with me on why my mental health is, is strong is because I'm honest and, and open on, on things that I need help with or are my weaknesses and and so with that i, I go and and make them strengths and and so in kobe bryant's 10 rules the first one is work on your weaknesses michael yeah. jordan couldn't make jump shots coming out of college and and so <laughs> if you're if you know your weaknesses and, and and you don't hide them and you're you're honest with yourself 
then that in itself is, 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 is the starting point of you becoming great. There you go. Or you can just learn how to jump from the free throw line straight to the hoop and dunk it and not do no. Um, I, I completely agree. It, it's, it, it's so funny. Cause like all these things you learn in kindergarten, first grade practice, whatever is the same shit you're unpacking at 4042. It's just fancier and more expensive to hear the same message. So, you know, we're out here as coaches, we're still learning, but I truthfully think if anyone that hears this conversation, your credentials are unbelievable. You have the experience. I love that you're so involved with leading our young people. Cause that is truly everything to me. It's not about me for the most part, um, but for our society, but really that like you are, you're letting as a leader that humanness lead. And I, I couldn't agree with your therapist who has way more credentials than me more. Is that that's where the buy-in is. I don't think it's hard or complicated or anything. It's just tell the truth and people will buy in or they won't. And that there's your Intel on which way you go. It's like that. That's it. Yeah. It's, it's, well said. I, I can't <laughs> say anything after that. You said it perfectly. Way to, way to put a little bow on that one. <laughs> do you do you find yourself as, as being such a successful leader and coach? Are you probably like the worst with yourself and your own practices, but you're great with other people? Or are you pretty good with maintaining your own situation? Um, okay. So reflection is really important to me. Okay. <laughs> uh, whether it's after a meeting and my business partner's like, um, literally after every meeting, like just a one minute, it's like, dude, it was a great meeting. We don't need to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, what could have been better? What could have been X, Y, and Z? And, and that's just who I am. Like the practice was great. No, no, no. What could we have done better? And, yeah. and, and so reflection is really important to me. Um, I, uh, my wife has to remind me all the time. Like I play tennis and, um, I was watching the U S open last night and I'm like, you know what, I need to bring a second pair of shoes and a second pair of socks out when I play tennis and, and have a changeover after each set. So so I have a fresh pair of socks and shoes. My wife's like, you're not a professional tennis player. Maybe you're a CrossFitter at heart. This is this is what CrossFitters do. This is what you need to go do. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Like, just relax. It's just tennis. And you're not even that good. That's so, <laughs> so funny. Having someone like my wife nearby to just tell me how I'm wrong with everything. That's 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 valuable. <laughs> Well, keep keep the the good people around you that are keeping it real. That's funny. On the flip side, though, I kind of do think. I mean, we're young athletes, so we're always going to be like training like the the dream player, even if we're old and like have knee braces on and whatever. But I think keeping that mindset of championship behavior, even if you're changing those little practices, I actually am in alignment with you that like you know what, bring your extra shoes, just lie about it, navigate around the argument, but just throw them in the bag and then just do a quick change. Right. It's every little advantage you can get. So the electrolytes, the nutrition, three water bottles, whatever I need. Is my shirt light enough or my shoes light enough? Like those things matter. And and so if you are that prepared for athletics, are you that prepared for life? Are you that prepared with your finances? Are you that prepared? Like that's a lifestyle. Yeah. So you don't just wing it. There's intentionality with 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 my practices. There's intentionality with the wealth management and, and and so with intentionality it, it prepares you for the worst oh this happened i have to I have to make changes i'm ready for it oh this happened in the market i'm ready i can make changes so being being intentional and having the little details prepared is, is super important amen well i have a million more questions but i want to be mindful of your time do you hit us where we can find the books find the ted talk find anything we want to know further about hosta get inspired to be a better person 
Thanks. So the TED Talk will come out. It's actually November 18th, so it'll probably okay. come out uh, towards the end of the year. And and so my website is hostabrizi.com. So my name, H-O-S-S-T-A-B-R-I-Z-I.com. Uh, you can catch a lot of things there. I'm on Instagram. I'm, I'm, I'm an old man, so I, I'm just getting into social media. And, 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 and so don't don't judge. <laughs> just use the filters. That's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> the uh the myspace and facebook days like, yes uh you still have facebook <laughs> it's like leave me alone I, yeah <laughs> i still have facebook judge accordingly yeah that's how we can that's how we reconnected don't we i know they're it's a thing we're definitely old it's real <laughs> facebook started when we were in college and, and it's, so anyway uh but find me online all my socials are on my website uh you can google me but um just whether it's me or someone else, it, if, if you need a pick-me-up, you can just find any motivational thing online. There, there are some great things online for, from a motivational perspective. If From a finance perspective, whether it's me or anyone else, it's actually good to hire a professional to, yeah. to go and, and make a plan for you and be intentional with it. Because if you, if you have all this hard-earned money, whether it's a 50K salary or 500K salary or $5 million salary, you earned it. Don't lose it. Yeah. go grow it so they're, they're whether it's me or someone that a friend recommended go do it that's and the same with sports like go play it go find a good coach and and live your life i couldn't agree more health and finances together is true freedom um I, this is true last question but i ask everyone this what is success to you hmm so your answer and, and mine, when I asked like what, what, what would be a successful five years, um, can I just rewind and take your answer? Cause it's <laughs> Absolutely. Much, it's like you study what... for the test. We're like Virginia students now. <laughs> <laughs> so the hard part of success for me is I won't know probably from for 40, 50, 60 years from now, hopefully. Um, so how many people come to my funeral, how many lives I impacted, um, how many people grew because of me or, or became a better person because of me. Um, and if not me, then what do my kids do and how are they going to make the world a better place? And um, it doesn't even have to be my kids. So one of my former basketball players is going to be a doctor and he's going to make an impact. So seeing seeing what my former students and former players do that that really hits me and, and I love it. And, and, and so yeah. did I make an impact on them and for them to go, come back and message me and say, hey, I remember in math class you said this, or I remember in practice you taught this. You won't know those things until later, but just seeing people being better people and, and making the world a better place, I know it sounds cliche, but if I had a hand in it, that's even better and that, that's, that's what success would be to me. Hey, amen. So well said. And yes, I'm right in alignment. So of course we've crossed paths. This has been magical. 20 plus years later to reconnect uh, over a car, like a mic, like an interview. Like it's so funny how like serendipitous that is. Um, so I really appreciate you reaching out. That's it's such a special thing. And shout out to Georgia Mason university. Uh, have you been back to the campus at all? So coincidentally, I promise I wore a, a George Mason polo that I haven't worn in 10 years today. Okay. Um, uh, I was going into the office and you're supposed to either wear a suit or a polo. And so um, it's the first polo I grabbed. I used to wear it when I announced. And <laughs> yes. I, like, 
it's like, whoops, <laughs> like, today is George Mason day. <laughs> that is amazing. Well, I'm glad you got to work at him, but next time you can wear the polo for round two. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to be back on this. This is awesome. And, and just keep, keep bringing energetic people on and, and, and keep making the world a better place. We, we need turmeric and tequila and, and thanks for having me on. Oh, we, I appreciate it so much. Keep me posted on everything that's coming up. We'll repost the TED Talk. We'll do all the support. I, it takes a village to make some waves out there, especially with these freaking algorithms and all the, the tech situation trying to trying to mute us. But, um, yeah, keep posting everything. Check out what Haas has going on. This is a good a good human doing good things that really cares about the right thing. So this is someone you want on your team financially, your kids at their practice, whatever. So please go check out what he's got going on. And, um, if you're close enough, go get your kid into his sports situation because it'll save you a lot of time and energy as a parent. Hey, you better come out to one of our practices when you're in Virginia and you can just show the girls, show them what, what a Division One athlete is actually like. Oh, man, I'm going to need a foam roller and an Advil, but I will definitely do that. Uh, I haven't been to Virginia in forever, but I promise you if I make it out there, I'll hit you up for sure. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Your kids are calling you. You got to go. I know. Can you hear? I know. She lasted so long, and then this is the control I have. I'm such a leader. I mean, I, I had to text mine to be quiet, so it's all good. <laughs> Thank you, Haas. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's good to see you. Likewise. Thank you for joining Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Tune in next time and don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.